Today's episode is brought to you by Dave's parents. Because Dave can't afford to live on his own, so he lives with his parents. And so this wouldn't be possible without Dave's parents. So we just want to say thanks to Dave's parents. If you're thinking about, if you're in the market for parents and you're looking for a change, you're looking maybe for an upgrade, we would highly recommend Dave's parents. If you didn't listen to the last episode, that's with Jimmy and Marcus. You got to go check that out. It's a great episode. Lots of fun. Uh, Highly recommend. I think it's one of the best thus far. I'm messing with papers right now. Makes it seem like I'm uh, preparing for something. When in reality, I'm just moving a piece of paper out of the way. So that I can put my elbows down comfortably on this table where I'm recording from. Today I'd like to talk to you about comedy. Dude... You know, like, I don't even get it. Okay, this is what sparked this. It was one of Gary Goleman's comedy tips. He had a new one today. Now, look, Gary Goleman, very appreciative of of what he's been doing. This is the 233rd tip that he's done. It's been a straight, it's been 233 days straight, I think, sharing advice for comedians. It's a nice thing to do. Some of it is... um, some of it is not so practical or applicable, but that's okay. You wouldn't expect it all to be, but some of it's been very good advice. I mean, he was the one who recommended to me to read, um, well, for all of us, he recommended. It wasn't just me. He didn't just tell me to do this, but he recommended that we read Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and so I did, and that kind of sparked a whole philosophy path that I went down ever since. That was months ago. So I'm really glad that he did that. I'm grateful for what Gary provides. Now, Gary and I have different comedic philosophies. This much is clear to me, though I've never spoken to him. But I've heard him on podcasts and I've been seeing these tips. And there is a, a major distinction between our comedic philosophies And it deals in, um, you know, kind of taboo subjects and things of that nature. This first, I I was first like made aware of this because I forget if it was a tip that he gave or if it was on a podcast, but he said something to the effect of like, don't perpetuate stereotypes with your material. And then he was saying things about Jewish stereotypes and how, uh, terrible they are, and and he was like, your words have power, so your words have power, so use them carefully and wisely. <clears throat> so I was thinking when I saw that, I think it was actually a tip, but I was thinking when I saw that, I was like, boy, Gary wouldn't like my material at all, you know? I don't think he'd like it. Um, because of what I do, especially with Jews, but it's like I'm doing a character. It's all satirical. It's nothing that I actually believe in my heart to be true. But 
this is a differing perspective on it. This is what I'm saying. Some people would say, no, that's not enough. It's You can't just say that you're doing a character, you're kidding. It's still bad and you still shouldn't do it. And I'm over here like, dude, but that's comedy, okay? And this is something, and it's maybe it's not fair that we can just brush off our words and sentiments by saying it's just a joke. Perhaps that's not fair, but that is simply the reality of the situation. A comedian at a comedy show on stage, what they're saying is, is jokes. And you cannot prove otherwise, even if on stage they're saying, I did a joke the other night where I was like talking about how I want all the money. I was like, uh, let's take money from like Big Pharma and give it to me. And I was like, I want to be a billionaire. I'll open up an island like Jeffrey Epstein, you know. And then some lady was like, oh, my gosh. She wasn't British, but whatever. And uh, I looked at her and I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm not really going to open up a child sex slave island, you know. And people laughed. And then. She was on the right side of the room. Then I walked over to the left side of the room and I said, I am. And then people laughed more. And I said, just don't tell her. So, in this case, I'm on stage. I mean, it's like, do you think that I'm going to open up a child sex slave island? Do you think I'm going to do that? Hopefully not. Because then it probably wouldn't be funny at all to you. But if you understand what I'm trying to do, which is to make people laugh, that's the goal. And the vehicle to achieve that is through jokes. Then I don't see any other reaction other than thinking that that's kind of funny or just having no reaction at all. Maybe you don't find it funny personally, but to be reacting as though it's a true statement. That's just making. uh, I mean, that's just like. Why are you doing that? That makes no sense. Like, you can take it as a joke and laugh. That's what I want you to do. And that's the best thing to do. That makes me happy and it makes you happy because you're laughing and having fun. The second thing you can do is not laugh because maybe you just don't think it's funny. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. My comedy is not for everyone. No one's comedy is for everyone. Some people have a more mass appeal. It's true. And some people are more niche. I, oh, I hate saying niche because like, I always forget if I'm pronouncing it correctly or is it niche? I don't know. But you know the word I'm looking for. It's more specific. Their audience is more specific. It's not as broad. But then the third reaction is just a little unfair to the comedian. Because the third reaction is to take what they're saying seriously, like they mean it. To not do them the courtesy of understanding that what they're doing is joking, whether you like it or not. Whether it's quote-unquote in poor taste, or if it happens to be punching down. You're doing something unfair to the comedian. This is what I wanted to talk about. It's like... The comedic, it's like the, uh, you know, there's like the social contract theory, you know, 
I, that's more of a uh, political philosophy thing. A lot of political philosophers talk about the social contract. And it's just like we kind of decided to have a working society. We all decided, okay, we will sacrifice some of our liberty and freedom in order to create a government to maintain our society and keep things safe. That's the social contract. So what I mean when I say the comedic contract is like if you're entering a space in which comedy will be performed and everyone knows it's comedy that's happening, then that's the contract. Like the comedian's going to tell jokes. But if you take the joke that they're saying or some of the content of what they're saying within the joke and you decide that that they mean it or that it's no longer a joke, then you've, you're breaking the contract. But it's on you that you're, you're breaking the contract. You don't have to laugh at something if you don't think it's funny. But you'd still be abiding by the comedic contract at that point. But the second that you decide that the person means it and that what they're doing is terrible and disgusting and that they shouldn't be allowed to do it. And and I don't even think most people think that. But you know what I'm saying? You've voided the comedic contract. It's not fair. It's not fair to the comedian. You get put in a weird spot. And then, I don't know, I just find it, um, I just find it interesting, especially with some of the stuff that I say, where it's so bad, but it's so absurd and outlandish, that for people to take it seriously, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, this is absurd that you're taking it seriously. If I'm up there and I'm talking about genociding, hello, And people, th- people are like, oh my gosh, he's, he's really gonna, he really wants to genocide people. He's really, I'm like, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's really something. It's really something. And I told the joke, I tell this story when I retell the joke now, but I told the joke, I have this joke where, um, I made up like this there's like a fictional story within the joke where I say that I basically say my grandpa sassed his way out of Auschwitz. And the way that I describe it, it's, it's like a laughter point. It's like a punchline. I drop it like a punchline. When I say that, I'm like, that's how my grandpa survived. And then people laugh because it's obviously not true. It's obviously not true. There's no way it's true. There's no way it's true. It's obviously not true. There's no way that it's true because it's obviously not true. And I said it where the punchline is. It's not the final punchline, mind you, because there's follow-up tags. So, you know, it still ended up getting laughs, which was good. But I said this part and people started clapping. They started applauding because they thought I was telling the truth. And I was like, in the moment, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, how do you think this is true? 
It's so fake, obviously. I was amazed. But that's something I'll probably have to get used to at times. Until people like really get what I'm doing. But it is funny too because I'll even mention it when I'm on stage. Is that sometimes I... And maybe I've described it here. But it's just an interesting thing where... There's a group of people who get what I'm doing. And they think it's hilarious. And then there's a group of people who don't get what I'm doing. And they don't... They don't not... They don't just not think it's funny. They think I'm... Hitler reincarnated or something like that they think i'm the worst like a terrifying person and i really have to um you know when i feel that that that's happening then i really have to point it out and kind of um call them out on it but not really call them out but just be like guys come on this is a performance i'm doing performance art Anyway, I've become sidetracked, severely sidetracked. <laughs> the Gary Goleman tip today. He said, when I started in 1993. Oh, one more thing. One more thing about what Gary Goleman said on that podcast or in whatever it was. It was a tweet. Maybe it was a podcast. The other thing about it, I hope I didn't already say this on a podcast, but he says, like, you have to use your words wisely because words really matter. And, like, I think that when people talk about things like that, especially when comedians do, they're do, they're giving themselves too much credit. Like, sure, comedy can be influential, but it's not, we're not powerful comedians. Not really. I think feeling that way is giving, Gary's giving himself too much credit as a comedian. You know what I mean? Or any comedian who says that is uh, kind of kidding themselves with the importance of comedy. I don't think it's unimportant. It happens to be probably like my favorite art form. But it's not that important. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, they're jokes. It's not that important. You can make statements too, but it's not that important. You know, like Hannah Gadsby probably thinks comedy is very important and what she's doing is very important. It's not. And so when Gary says, don't make anti-Semitic jokes or bringing up stereotypes about Jews because it's bad, because comedy is powerful, I'm over here like, no, it's not, dude. And so I will continue. And they are jokes after all. Now, Gary did this tweet today. He said, when I started in 1993, there were probably 50 New England comics doing the gay voice and another 25 doing Indian voice. If you don't want to stop doing these voices because they're bigoted, stop because it makes you a hack. So he's saying a lot of the comics were doing, oh my God, gay voice, yes. Yas, oh my god, they're doing gay voice since bigoted? Honestly, if you're doing this, like, making fun of gay people and the way they talk, then it's, like, bigoted. Like, honestly, it's, like, super bigoted, honestly. So, I guess people were doing that. And then they were doing the Indian voice, <laughs> is, that, is that, am I doing it? 
it I I have a 7-eleven I have a 7-eleven and I sell lot oh man I'm not doing a good Indian today folks I'm an Indian I'm an Indian man I come from India hello hello is this is this David Namery hello yes would you like to, uh, we noticed that your business, uh, that we could help you for your, oh, you don't have a business. Oh, okay. Bye. I got a call like that the other day from a random number. I picked up, it was an Indian guy. He was like, I have a, I have a software for your business to make the business run better. If you would like the software. And I was like, I don't have a business. And he was like, oh, okay. And he just hung up. <laughs> so I don't have the best Indian accent. So what? Sue me. Now look, I mean, okay. So wait, let, let's just take the second part. He said, stop because it makes you a hack. I would sort of agree with that, like sort of. But only a little bit. It doesn't necessarily make you a hack. And it can make a joke funnier. And it's especially, I thought that like when you're doing a joke, you want to take the audience there. So you could say like, this Indian guy called me the other day and he was asking me if I want software for my business. And I was like, I don't even have a business. Or you could say, this Indian guy called me and he's like, hello, is this David Nimery? I have software for your business and I'm like I don't have a business and he's like okay goodbye it's like that's just being a storyteller at that point it's like I don't I don't get why it's bigoted if someone sounds like that and that but that's bigoted what's bigoted about that I actually want to look up or if a gay guy, especially gay people, because the way some of them speak. I mean, I had Jason on my podcast the other day. Go listen to the Jason episode. Jason Scott. Listen to how he speaks. You know? Does that deserve to have a little bit of fun poked at it? For sure it does. And there are men who speak like, yeah, I'm a manly man. Yeah. And then you're like, that person should be made fun of a little bit too for how they speak, you know? They're just like over the top. It's like, okay, we get it. You're a man. We get it. Okay. You know, you've made your point. But is that bigotry? If you made fun of how, like, like if guys like, like talks like, a, yeah, yeah, I wake up, I fucking eat my, I eat 63 eggs, start my day with some fucking eggs. Yeah. If you made fun of a person for if they talk, I mean, I'm sure they don't talk, but then you'd be exaggerating. You'd be exaggerating. That's what you're doing. And you're just poking fun at the way they speak, which it's like, it's almost like they're trying to prove how manly they are through their voice. It's almost like they're forcing it. Well, well, if that's bigoted, is that bigoted? I don't think people would think that's bigoted. But then if you make fun of a gay guy's voice, then that's, that's bigotry. Let's see what bigotry actually means. What's the definition? Intolerance towards those who hold different opinions from oneself. 
Okay, well, what if I make fun of a gay guy who has the same opinions of me? Is that bigotry? Like, what if me and a gay guy have the same opinions on lots of things, but I make fun of his voice, which is not his opinion? And then would that be intolerance, just making fun of someone's voice? This, that, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, especially this, it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. How is that bigotry? Again, like if you want to say that it's hacky, there are things that, there are gay jokes you could make that are hacky. There's plenty of gay jokes that have been overdone and it's annoying. And it's like, okay, we've heard that take a thousand times. And then if you're going to throw in the gay voice while doing that kind of material, then I would say, okay, that's hack. But it doesn't have to be. It's not as though using the gay voice or using an Indian voice or a female voice or whatever, a Chinese voice. It's like, what's, what's the, uh, again, like it's like, you're just trying to take the audience there. It makes it more real. You create characters. The characters are more dynamic because you're doing voices. And like, what if you do an Italian? What if you do in a New York accent? Like, hey, how you doing? What What are you doing? Hey, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? How's your father? Forget about it. Is that bigotry? I just think this is a weak point, Gary. That's all I'm saying. Again, really appreciate you and what you've been doing and all your tips. This is a weak point. It's not bigotry to do voices. I really don't see it that way. And I don't know, man. Like there there's there are some jokes that you can point to and you can say that's bigotry. And I'd be willing to concede on certain points that maybe it is. This is not one of those scenarios. It's it's really not. Maybe I, I could even go there was a, a different thing, a comment in one of the, a comedy complaint comment from some guy but I guess I already kind of covered this because he said quote oh chill it's just a joke end quote person who can't tell the difference between a joke and hate speech I guess all I'll say on that is that if you've ever used the word hate speech and you were serious about it then you're not a comedian um that's all I'll say about that if you're, if you're not a comedian and you've said hate speech, I would say, okay, whatever, I don't really care. But if you say you're a comedian and you've also used the phrase hate speech and you've been serious about it, you weren't just joking, you were serious about it, then you're not a comedian. That's what I would say. And it's okay. Not everyone has to be a comedian. There's very few of us, you know, but it's probably better that way. But just understand that don't go around telling people you're a comedian because then you'd be a liar. Well, then say both. You can go up to people and say, hey, I'm a comedian. I'm also a liar. You can do that. But that's the only way I'm, I'm going to allow that, you know. Or you can go on living your lie. But know deep down, know this. You are no comedian. If you, th- if you go around talking about hate hate speech and you're serious about it. I just, very little respect for that kind of behavior. 
Well, that was today's rant. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Once again, check out that episode with Jimmy and Marcus. If this is the first episode you ever listened to and you enjoyed it, then I would say listen to the last like 10, 15. They've been good. It's been a good stretch that I've been having. Um, you know, and uh, subscribe, share my shit. It, it's really helpful. The sharing has been big time because the listenership has grown a lot in the past two months or so. And I think it's because more people have been sharing it and stuff. And we're actually, we're on the road to being a respectable enterprise over here at Storytime with Dave. So thank you for your, for your listens and your shares and your, your likes and your subscribes. If you have any notes, anything you'd like me to speak about, you can always just message me on Instagram. My Instagram is dnamery. That's D name R-Y D-Namery you can send me something there just be like hey can you talk about this I like doing that because it saves me the time of having to think of a topic myself anyway thanks for listening you know I love you I'll see you next time bye